Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. As always, I'm very excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here. And boy, it was going to be a rough one had the Colorado Rockies not made an epic, and I'm calling it an epic, come from behind victory over the San Francisco Giants, considering everything that's gone on with this team lately, everything that's gone on with this team and the Giants going back to last year and just sort of their entire history. I wrote about it this week, the little brother complex. The Giants have always been, my mom sent me a text today saying, you know, I think maybe even more than the Dodgers, the Giants might be in the Rockies head. And it certainly was starting to feel that way. It was starting to look like they were due for another uh, super frustrating loss where really in this one, it was going to be frustrating more in terms of you know, not getting a big hit, not having the big offensive thing happen. They they didn't really do the defensive blunder. Uh, the starting pitcher was more than fine. The bullpen was more than more than fine. But it just looked like they were set for the loss anyway. But C.J. Crone comes up with the big two-run home run late, put the Rockies up, makes him the first player in the National League to reach double-digit home runs. It was his 10th homer of the season. Continues to make a very clear case for being an all-star. And, you know, it's obviously way, way, way too early to be, at least I think, to be talking about MVPs. But MLB.com did a thing the other day. And so, you know, I think he's been one of the more valuable players, certainly one of the most valuable hitters in the National League has C.J. Crone. He's been doing a lot in the clutch. That was a massive, massive one. Of course, everybody had to play their part in that inning to get it done, right? It really was a nice, big offensive team effort there. Uh, Connor Joe gets the whole thing going with a pinch hit single. Remember, the Rockies had been set down. I think they had had 16 in a row set down by Logan Webb after that first inning where they scored a couple of runs, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And, you know, the next inning, I think they had a walk or two. And then after that, the Rockies had not been on base until Connor Joe led off uh, that there seventh, not seventh, excuse me, the eighth inning uh, with a, a nice little single to left field, right? Then you just have to have the rest of the guys do their stuff. And obviously it was Jonathan Daza once Joe had moved into scoring position who, you know, he had a 10-game hitting streak on the line. He's been fantastic this season. We've talked about that a lot, his contact rate, how, you know, I was always the one who was the believer in Raimel Tapia as opposed to Jonathan Daza to be this exact thing but right now Daz is doing it sadly for me and I don't think it'll last you know me I'm gonna believe in Ryan Maltapia forever but over there in Toronto he'd been really struggling right now he's making regular playing time don't worry I'm not gonna go on a Ryan Maltapia rant Jonathan Daza is doing that their thing though not striking out putting the ball in play taking good at bats hitting line drives all over the field he's not a threat to hit a home run really but it just hasn't mattered. He's made such good contact. He's taking such quality at bats. He's basically forced Bud Black to move him up further and further in the lineup. And and in days like today, when Joe wasn't in the regular, uh, the starting lineup, I should say, he's right there batting second, hitting 375 on the year. He's one of the best qualified hitters in terms of batting average this season. And I know batting average is no longer a, an in vogue stat amongst the super stat people, but 
especially in a small sample size, batting average still matters. And you saw right there again that you didn't need Jonathan Daza with the tying run. You know, the Rockies been down 3-2 for like two hours, right? Had nothing going against Logan Webb. You've got a guy out there standing on second base. This is a huge at-bat. Before you can ever get to Crone, this is a huge at-bat. A guy that's not going to hit a home run. He's not even necessarily likely to put a, a big double in the gap, right? He just sprayed the ball the other way for a single and scored a run which was massive, massive for the Rockies in this game, extends Daza's hitting streak to 11 games and sets up C.J. Crone for the monster 450-plus foot home run on the Crone homer, I want to say. I thoroughly enjoyed that he did not watch the baseball land. I would say probably, you know, 70% of the time, the guys are going to watch the ball come down. They want to see where it goes. They like looking at it, but... uh, As soon as he hit the ball, he turned, he looked right into the Rockies dugout. He knew where it was going. He was just giving them the the let's go, the come on, the the whole thing. Uh, (laughs) And and I loved it. Total mood, total attitude. You got to love that from CJ Cronin, a big moment for him, uh, how much he wanted to uh, invigorate his team. And of course, you've got to mention that, you know, we could just as easily be sitting here talking about how none of that mattered and this was one of the most frustrating losses of all these frustrating losses had Daniel Bard not come in slammed the door shut no base runners got a strikeout to end the game records his 10th save of the season so a big bounce back for him and there were a lot of bounce backs in this particular game you've got Bard bouncing back from the fact that he had just blown a couple of them right he had taken two losses in a row against Kansas City which is a really rough one. And then San Francisco, which is a pretty rough one. They're obviously the better team. And in different kinds of circumstances, you can live with it more or less. But in this particular case, with the way the Rockies have come back to make that game tied and then and the way he had dominated that inning to give up that late home run was so brutal. And you know Bard has got to be feeling it. So for him to go out there in this one, get a chance at redemption and not, you know, pick up the save but with a bunch of traffic and like needing a double play to bail him out or whatever it was his inning he took care of it three up three down from daniel bard to record that 10th save you've got to still continue with him in the closer role i know some people wanted to get him out of there i already talked about why that wasn't why that didn't really make any sense and and it continues not to because the, you know kinley and bard are really the only two guys who are pitching pretty well out of the pen right now everybody else is up and down you're going to you know, continue to see what you can get out of those guys. But today, they were able to get enough uh, to win the baseball game. As I was talking about bounce backs, you had a great bounce back from Kyle Freeland today. You know, not an absolutely dominant game, though he did have eight strikeouts, which is pretty fantastic for him. It was a weird ball game for Kyle. And uh, you know, as you all know, I talked a lot about Jack Corrigan on the last episode. I'm a big radio listener, so Jack and Jerry were talking about it today they couldn't remember and nor can i the last time that kyle freeland put up a quality start and did not record a single ground ball out it was weird the ball was in the air a lot he was missing spots here and there but then he was also hitting spots with like extreme precision precision and oftentimes when he really really needed to now it was super frustrating that he gave up the two runs in the top of the second immediately after the Rockies had scored their two from a momentum standpoint. That's frustrating. You'd love to be able to hold on to a lead a little bit longer than that. The run in the fourth was just, just some standard 
wonky around the, the types of runs that tend to score off of Kyle, but I thought he had an opportunity to get out of that one with a better pitch, basically with better pitching to, to, uh, I almost called him Carl, Mike Yastrzemski. Uh, and you've, you, you know, he was just an absolute monster this series. And if the Rockies had figured out a way to execute a few pitches against him, handle him a little better, maybe they win one of them. Rocks had every opportunity to win every single game of this set. If they had just played better fundamental baseball at certain times, they would have. But boy, is this a this is a momentum swing, if for no other reason than how absolutely downtrodden you'd have to feel if you just lost, swept two series in a row by this division rival who had your number all year last year. And again, it's not even just all of the San Francisco stuff because, you know, you're not going to see them again for a minute, though I think it is in relatively early June you are going to see them. It's even just the state of your season, right? I'd used the phrase, in fact, I think Dick Monfort used the phrase the other day. I saw this quote floating around there about keeping their heads above water, right? You you really want to avoid these long, drawn-out slumps, these stretches you get in where you just can't win a baseball game, and it really ends up torpedoing your season. These are the kinds of games that can end up going that way. Now they have a chance here if they can come back and get some wins against the Mets and then go off on a road trip that should be easier than most of the road trips they're going to have this year. Now, again, that's all depends on how the guys are pitching when you get there and how those teams are playing and, and all of that. As we know, any given day in baseball, it's just about as well, you know, as we saw today, all these runs get scored throughout this series and really throughout the homestand, right? And And back to Kyle Freeland, you might think, oh, man, a day game, Coors Field, hot out there today. Lots of runs are going to come in and score. But it didn't go that way because Kyle Freeland and Logan Webb both pitched very good baseball games. And when that happens, pitching always has the advantage. Always, always, always. No matter where you are, pitching always has the advantage when it's a good game plan and it's executed well. And that's what we saw to both starting pitchers today. Freeland able to get his six innings, the three earned runs, seven hits, uh, still a little more contact than you'd love to see. Uh, like I said, though, the eight strikeouts, two walks in the game, uh, you, you can live with that. And so uh, Robert Stevenson had a really, really nice inning there. That's two in a row for him. He got a strikeout, no base runners. Stevenson, I think, is one of those guys that is going to, once he gets kind of sharpened up, remember he kind of missed the end of uh, spring training and the start of the season. So I think once he gets sharpened up, he's always been a guy I've been very high on as a potential setup guy or even if Bard did continue to struggle this year that he would be the closer of the future uh, he hasn't looked sharp for his first couple of appearances this year but then these last two really have been good so that's another thing I'm going to keep my eye on because they need somebody to step up in that bullpen right now and Stevenson seems to me like the most likely guy outside of again as I mentioned Bard and Kinley who also pitched well in this one did basically what they've been doing for most of the season, especially Kinley. It's been very good with the 0.63 ERA. In fact, another week or two, and don't you know? Maybe don't don't say anything about. It. In fact, I'm gonna I'm just gonna stop that thought right there and and not try to mess with my guy Tyler Kinley and 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 let him do his thing and maybe not point attention to it. But he's pitching very well, um, you know. And again, we saw another one of these days where the Rockies got some offense, not huge, but five runs at the end of it. You're seeing the offense do their thing, obviously not on the road, right? We'll, and we'll talk about that again when they go back out on the road. But for right now, at the very least, they've shown you this ability to get runs from lots of places. Today it was a solo shot from 
Charlie Blackman to start things off. How vintage and cool was that, right? How cool was it to see Charlie Blackman back in the leadoff spot with Joe out of there? And maybe they want to flip that around a little bit with Joe having cooled off a little bit that we saw him start the, the rally today, the momentum today. I want like Charlie, there's something a little bit magical about Charlie leading off, isn't there? There's something about it. I don't know. The leadoff home run. You, you know, it's it's been a, a vintage staple of his throughout his career. So that was really cool to see. And then Brendan Rodgers continuing to contribute to the scoring. Had a big uh, first inning RBI hit there going the other way, bringing the run in uh, to give the Rockies a 2-0 early advantage. And I'm working on a piece right now for MileHighSports.com about Brendan. And I, I spoke to him yesterday for a, a decent length of time and kind of talking about that mental game that you have to play with yourself when you are in a deep slump as he very clearly was for the first month of the season right that's that's not nothing but look at him now guys hitting almost 400 in may he's drug his batting average out of the cellar and close to pretty respectable already the ribbies the 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 extra base hits Everything has been there right now for Brennan Rodgers. Well, except maybe the one thing that hasn't kind of been there for the whole thing. The defense has been iffy for everybody, right? Uh, today was fine. And it just goes to show you, right? The, and, and that is, not to harp on it, I know the last couple of podcasts have been about it. Here, I'll do the quick rant, and I promise I'll make it quick. But here's the flip side of the coin. Exact example of when you play clean baseball. Look at that play Ryan McMahon made in the night. Now, see, they don't need to do all that. That was a phenomenal play, and maybe that can get him turned around. That's the exact kind of thing, and and he even talked about it this week. He admitted to it being a little bit in your head, and and it would have to be. If you're a human being and you've made all these mistakes and then you get a funky ball hit your way in a big moment in a game you feel like you really want to win for your team, it's going to enter your head. You're going to have that thought of, oh, no, don't mess this up. It's the most normal, natural human thing in the world to think, oh, no, don't mess this up. And he had one of those today, right? First batter of the ninth inning, weird corkscrew, spinny swing. He, and in the shift, he's basically playing in the shortstop position. So he's way out there. He's coming in on the dirt. His only chance is to make a spectacular barehanded play. And, I, you know, the way it's been going for him this year, you think, ah, that's just going to Scored underneath, or it's going to bop off his hand and kick away. The guy's going to end up at second, right? But he made the kind of play that he made all year last year. Beautiful barehanded pickup. Got the runner by a half a step. I hope that's something that locks him in and gets the team going defensively. But beyond that, again, they, they didn't need the spectacular defensive play today. They just needed to not make any mistakes, very few walks, right? The walks, and, and I, that's another thing I want to start talking about when we, we discuss mistakes and giving stuff away. Walks and wild pitches go in here as well. They don't always go down as errors and they don't always end up getting counted as unearned runs or whatever. I, I don't think that's an actual cat. Well, no, it is a category, unearned runs. It's just usually we talk about earned runs uh, <laughs> on the flip side. But yeah, that for me was really the big thing about today. Obviously, you get the big hit that I talked about with Jonathan Daza, and you get the huge home run with Crone, and you need your quality start from your pitcher, and you need your bullpen not to blow it. Those are all the basic bones of, of this win, right? But the underlying thing underneath it that we always remember, the games that they've blown are where they screw something up. And today, they just didn't, and they won. And I know it's not always going to be that simple, 
but it just reminds me of how frustrating those those other games have been because they were as winnable as today was. They keep showing you this ability to make the big comeback, score seven runs in an inning. Today, when they had been set down, 16 batters in a row, but still come out, have this big rally, all of a sudden, three runs on the board right when they need it the most. You win the ball game because you don't kick it away yourselves. Big, big, big mental win for the Rockies. Hopefully momentum turnaround for the Rockies as well. But again, when you're getting two hits from Crone, one big one from Daza, uh, the the big RBI, I'm sorry, two hits from McMahon, uh, one from Crone, the big the big home run. Uh, you, you got the one from Rogers, Randall Gritchick with a base hit in there today. Uh, Connor Joe, obviously, with his base hit contributing. We saw Sam Hilliard not in this game, but over this homestand start to get it going with a couple of home runs. And again, everybody contributing in advance of Chris Bryant coming back to this team again, presumably, but his first game went well. I haven't heard anything so far about his second, but he should be back with the team on Friday as they uh, welcome the New York Mets into town. And so the offense is not something I'm particularly concerned about right now, especially when they're at home. The starting pitching, and it, and it really was important to see Kyle Freeland have a bounce back one. You know, I think for Chad Cool, he was due for one of those games. It just kind of goes bleh. Uh, again, I, I said as he was doing it that he was going to, I couldn't help myself, and everyone is, you know, making all the puns out here, but he was going to cool off. That was always going to happen. He wasn't going to post a sub two ERA all year. He's going to, you know, if he can post a sub four ERA all year, that's going to be fantastic. And you're going to take that, which means he's going to have some games like he did on this set, but he just can't blow them. And so far he hasn't been again, he's been pitching relatively well. And so you feel all right about the starting pitching moving forward. The giant question marks continue to be the bullpen and what is going on with this defense and can they get it back under wraps because sitting there at 18 and 19 deep enough in the season hanging around 500 you're in it you you just can't slide 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 away and especially at home right it was starting to get freaky there and once you've lost to the 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 series to the royals you've put yourself behind the eight ball here but as i wrote actually in that little brother article and i know for some people this sounds like you know i don't know setting the bar too low or losers mentality or or building in excuses or whatever you want to call it just looking at the numbers and the way the giants have handled the rockies and everything that's gone on lately i basically did just draw a line in the sand and say don't get swept win one of these games because look the giants won 107 baseball games last year these this is a very very good baseball team that san francisco has not only that but they are in the rockies heads and their ballpark is a particularly difficult place for the rockies to play and like i said earlier couple you change a couple plays around rockies sweep this series now it doesn't work that way the Giants did play a fundamentally better series, and that's why they won. But you can, especially when it's May, if you're looking for the long haul, if you're looking to surprise these guys, and if you want to have momentum at the part of the season where it matters the most, you've got to be able to build on wins like what they had today. It's the type of thing that tells you, even if we're down, And we've got no momentum. 
we know we can come back on these guys. They did it every game in the series. They just didn't win the first two, right? But every game in the series, they were down. They were being beaten. And kind of, again, the little brother complex thing is right. Is when the big brothers got the handout on the little brother's head and he's swinging away at him, right? They were, they were being held down, but they got their shots in and had their opportunities. It would have been an absolute punch in the gut. The Rockies had lost this game. Not, not if they just hadn't scored late, like that would have been a, Oh man, here they go. Here's a big slump. But if they, if you hit the CJ Crone home run and, and then blow that one and still lose it, that's what I mean. That would have been an absolute nightmare gut punch. But Daniel Bard clean inning gets it done. So let's do a quick look ahead to the set coming up with, as I mentioned, the New York Metropolitans. Uh, the Rockies will have on the hill for them. Oh, wait, no, that's not correct. <laughs> I was going to say, oops, I, I jumped to a completely different series. Hold on, let me pull it up. The Rockies have, come on. Uh, this thing. This is quality podcasting right here. Uh, the Rockies will have Marquez Gomber and then Chad Cool going in that one. Uh, weekend series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with Sunday being the afternoon game, of course. This is not listing for me who the New York Mets have set to go. Uh, the Mets, of course, are off to a very nice start in the National League East with a 24-14 and record. They are leading that division. Now, that division is not as good as the Rockies division has been, so it'll be interesting to see if it's an opportunity for them to prove once again that they can take care of business outside of the NL West like they did last year. Um, but without knowing exactly who they've got coming out here on the hill for the Metropolitans, I, I can't do too much of a series preview for you, but I'll just say I think the Rockies can bounce back and win the set. I think Marquez is locking it in and due for another good start, and I think between Gomber and Cool, you can get another quality start there uh, with the Rockies locking it in. Don't make mistakes. And I'll pick Robert Stevenson as that guy that emerges and becomes a little bit more reliable in the bullpen right now. So that's where I'm at with this club. I'm going to wrap up the podcast, but I'm going to take some questions here into spaces. So make sure if you're not, you're, you follow me on Twitter at Drew Creaseman. You can join me for these, especially after the series wrap or the day game. I love doing post-game podcast live and taking some questions from you all. Make sure you're subscribing to all the podcasts on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. You're checking out all the written content on milehighsports.com. And you're just continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Priestman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.